Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Garrett Pachtinger, board-certified critical care specialist and co-founder of Vecral. And today, what we're going to be talking about is reproductive emergencies, what I call genitalia jokes all around. And the reality is, yes, funny, but repro is challenging. Repro can be rewarding. And unfortunately, repro is common, something that we see in both the general practice and the emergency room setting. So let's let's dive into it right away and talk about one of the more common things that I see in the ER, and that's dystocia. And simply, dystocia is defined as the inability to expel a fetus from the uterus and birth canal at the expected time of parturition. It's an emergency that requires immediate attention as we need to reduce the risk of both morbidity and mortality to the mother, the bitch, or the queen, and the fetus itself. Now, why do we see dystocia? Well, it could be a pelvic canal abnormality like a pelvic canal obstruction, an oversized fetus, fetal malpresentation, or even fetal death. If we talk about identification of dystocia, or for that matter, pregnancy detection, let's go over a couple of important facts. Well, the first is, how are we going to determine if a patient is pregnant? Many of us use radiographs, and the reality is radiographs are not always going to tell us because we have to get to the point where things are radiographically evident. For example, their skull and their spine are not typically seen until 42 to 45 days of gestation. Their pelvis is visible between 51 to 55 days of gestation, and teeth become visible at days 56 to 61 of gestation. At that point, we can determine how many puppies or kittens are present and get a better essence of the skull size, the body size, is there a malpositioning, is the pelvic canal smaller than you would expect for a puppy or kitten of that size. Ultrasound for a trained radiologist can be a little bit more helpful as early as day 16 of gestation, a heartbeat around day 25. For me, it's very difficult to count the number of fetuses present on ultrasound because they're constantly wiggly and moving around. So I use ultrasound as more of a fetal heart rate checker, not so much as how many puppies or kittens are present. If we're gonna talk about dystocia, we first have to know what is normal. There are three normal stages of labor. The first, of course, then is stage one. That is the onset of parturition. It's an endocrine event initiated by the fetus itself. We see a decline in progesterone prior to this, and also then a transient decrease in our body temperature where the rectal temperature will fall to less than 99 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit within the first 24 hours preceding the onset of parturition. We'll see nesting behavior and we'll see them acting uncomfortable. Stage two is that normal birthing process we expect and we see on TV, so to speak. It's the expulsion of the fetus. It's actually the puppy or kitten being born. It's that strong and coordinated abdominal contraction. Once a pup comes out, every pup should then come out with strong contractions within 30 to 60 minutes. There should not be a break of longer than three to four hours between puppies. They can have a short rest, but everyone should come out within a four hour period of time of the preceding puppy being born. And then stage three is that expulsion of the placenta. Usually within five to 15 minutes of the fetus coming out, sometimes the bitch may eat them. We don't know if there's known physiologic value to that. Sometimes you can have a puppy come out, then the next puppy, and then two placenta, but each placenta should come out based on the number of puppies present. 
Again, dystocia should be when there's an abnormality to anything that I just discussed, an obstruction of the passage, developmental abnormalities, an abnormality of presentation. So signs of dystocia, signs of trouble would be when there's active stage two labor that lasts more than an hour without a puppy, longer than three to four hours between puppies without an active contraction, or if there's black, green or red discharge before any puppies are born. So if a client comes in, a patient comes in, a dog comes in, and I'm worried this could be a dystocia, here is the stepwise approach that I have in treating a dystocia. My step one, I'm gonna perform a good physical examination along with a sterile vaginal examination. Is there a puppy sticking out? Can I feel one? Can I use digital manipulation, my gloved up sterile hands with sterile lubrication to remove that fetus if necessary? My step two, if appropriate, I'll place an intravenous catheter to collect a blood sample. What is the packed cell volume? What is the total protein? What importantly are values like their glucose and calcium. We know that patients that are hypoglycemic or hypocalcemic, low glucose, low calcium, will have poor muscular, poor uterine contraction. So we wanna check those two important levels along with other electrolytes and start fluids and correcting these deficits as needed. My next step, step three, I'm going to obtain some sort of imaging. So we can use ultrasound to assess fetal heart rates and we'll obtain abdominal radiographs, size of the puppies or kittens present, location, any evidence of fetal distress, gas where it shouldn't be, any pelvic canal or bitch or queen abnormalities that would make delivering a challenge. So that's my step three, some type of imaging. My step four, I'll consider low dose oxytocin. No longer do we give massive doses of oxytocin. Sure, the higher dose of oxytocin, I, I bet, would likely give a more muscular and forceful contraction, but what we worry about is massive uterine contraction will also constrict or cut off blood supply to the fetus. So we're giving, for example, one, two, three, maybe four or five units total, not units per kilogram, Okay, international units total to that patient monitoring our mother and monitoring the fetus, for example, with our fetal heart rates. If I give my oxytocin step five and 30 to 40 minutes pass without delivery of a puppy, then I'll consider calcium gluconate, anywhere from 0.5 to 1.5 milliliters per kilogram of 10% calcium gluconate slowly over 10 to 20 minutes while monitoring that EKG for any evidence of arrhythmias, even if they're not hypocalcemic, often good uterine contractions can be helped with that. And then my number six, if I still don't have the birth of a puppy, I'll consider another dose of oxytocin. Again, low dose, two, three, four, maybe five international units of oxytocin. This is where you get into that hard conversation with the owners, what is more important? And this is my opinion, but this is where we have to decide what's more important. Is mom more important? Are these valuable breeding puppies? What's more important? Because now we've given one, if not two doses of oxytocin, calcium gluconate. When do you discuss a C-section? Getting those puppies out surgically, and we're definitely in that realm right now. Some would argue that even after the first dose of oxytocin, if you don't have expulsion of the puppy and the fetus, as you would expect with the placenta, we go in there surgically. And to me, that depends on quality of life and what is more important to the owners. I happen to practice in an area that may not always have the highest financial resources, and so mom ends up being very important. So I am not against giving another dose of oxytocin, but if I give 
two and certainly a third dose and there's still no movement, no contraction, no movement. If I don't have a puppy, then we really have to discuss the advantage of going to surgery at that point because I'm worried we've given several doses of oxytocin and nothing has happened. So we're viewing those steps. Step one, a good physical exam, sterile vaginal exam. Can I digitally remove that fetus? Step two, IV catheter, blood work, blood glucose, blood calcium. Is there any electrolyte or other abnormality I need to address to improve that uterine contraction so we don't have uterine inertia? Step three, imaging. What am I dealing with? How many puppies on x-ray, ultrasound, any evidence of fetal heart rate lowering, fetal distress? Any heart rate less than 150 from a fetus would worry me about fetal distress. Step four, that's when I start with my low doses of oxytocin, one to three potentially international units, sub-Q or intramuscular of oxytocin. Step five, I may consider some calcium gluconate, followed by step six, my second dose of oxytocin, and this is where we get into that realm of when is a C-section needed, and followed by a third dose, step seven of oxytocin as needed. Clearly, if we're not seeing puppies by that third dose, I'm worried we need to get into surgery for a cesarean section, a C-section. Other indications for a C-section, potentially even sooner, as we discussed, fetal distress, on x-ray or ultrasound, uterine inertia unresponsive to oxytocin, relative fetal oversize or fetal malposition, a vaginal or pelvic canal obstruction, or uterine torsion or rupture. Diving into a few more causes of reproductive emergencies, another one that comes to mind is eclampsia. Eclampsia is commonly seen in smaller breed dogs within the first 21 days of whelping, signs like panting, agitation, tremors, or even pruritus, facial rubbing. What do I do for those cases? Well, if it's a postpartum bitch or queen and they come in with those clinical signs of illness, I will place a catheter and get a venous blood gas. Why a venous blood gas versus just a normal chemistry? I want an ionized calcium as well as blood glucose. Ionized calcium is gonna be much more representative of the actual calcium that's working in the body. Are they truly hypocalcemic? If they are, I will give them an intravenous bolus of calcium gluconate. While there are doses that you can look up, typically 50 to 150 milligrams per kilogram, I will use the 10% calcium gluconate solution and give a half to one mil per kg slowly intravenously over 10 to 15 minutes. We'll monitor an EKG, we'll give them oral fluids, and then send them home on oral calcium supplementation. A common dose to use is 500 milligrams every eight to 12 hours per a 20 pound patient of calcium supplementation. So that's my story of eclampsia. What's another common and my final common reproductive emergency for this podcast? It's going to be pyometra. Pyometra is often seen secondary to cystic endometrial hyperplasia and is a progesterone-induced disease. The most common bacterial pathogen to cause this is E. coli as an ascending infection predominates. Reports show about a 15% increase in the incidence in dogs greater than four years of age and about a 25% increase in incidence in dogs 10 years of age or older. They are more likely to have secondary cystic endometrial hyperplasia. They're often greater than six years of age. They have often had their last heat two to three months prior, and they present with a bloody or purulent vaginal discharge, except if it's a 
closed pyometra, closed cervix pyometra. Signs of illness may be anorexia, vomiting, fever, depression, polyuria or polydipsia, possibly abdominal distension, and we already mentioned that purulent vaginal discharge. Blood work may show a left shift in neutrophilia in 70 to 75% of cases, and potentially even an azotemia secondary to endotoxemia, a decreased renal tubular function, antigen antibody complexes, or even a glomerulonephritis. Diagnosis is typically made either on x-ray or ultrasound. Ultrasound to me looks like an upside down Mickey Mouse. And I'll put a picture on the website for you if you go to our website, vecroontherun.com. I truly think that a pyometra is a surgical emergency. We always learned in veterinary school, never let the sun set on a pyometra. If at all possible, we take them to surgery after stabilizing them with fluids and supportive care that same day. That would be the ideal route. Well, I hope you learned a lot during this reproductive emergency podcast, aka genitalia jokes all around. For more information, check out our Vecro webinars. We have a real life rounds on management of dystocia and other great information. With that, I hope everyone has a great day.